right, uh, welcome to everybody out there uh, that tuned in tonight. This is uh, Amateur Radio Roundtables, a show about ham radio. I'm Tom Medlin, W5KUB. And uh, you may be listening out there on shortwave on, on famous international shortwave station, WBCQ up in Monticello, Maine on 7490. And uh, if you're up there listening, uh, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email down to Tom at W5KUB.com, Tom at W5KUB.com. We'd love to hear from you and, and find out where in the world you are. Give us a signal report from the station. And uh, uh, if you want to join the live video show on Tuesday nights, you can just go to W5KUB.com at 9 p.m. Eastern and join the video show. And also we have our own private chat room there where you can chat with us and others uh, we have uh, viewers around the world watching, and uh, uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. Hey, do me a favor. I always ask you to, if you will, hit that subscribe button. You can see the subscribe button, and if you can't see it, I'll put your little arrow on there so you can you can find it. That helps us to uh, advertise our show, and and uh, you know it helps uh, it helps YouTube to move people kind of toward our show that are looking for radio and electronics and things like that. So. Uh, please subscribe. Hey, also let me uh, let me invite you to join our Facebook group. We we started a Facebook group that follows the show, but it's it's generally just about ham radio uh, in general. Uh, it's a great ham radio Facebook group, and we've got thirteen thousand members now in that group. So, so thirteen thousand strong and growing fast every day. So uh, please join it. Just type in W five K U B in the search, and you'll be uh, you'll be a member uh, of of our group here. Uh, hey, uh, let me jump over to Glenn real quick. Just say hi to Glenn real quick. Hi, hi Glenn. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What uh, What's going on in your world tonight oh, down here in Mississippi? Yeah, 25 miles away from you. Well, it's going crazy. Let me turn the radios down here. Um, it's been going crazy. Um, I have been working my tail off on the next book, trying to make my December deadline. Um. Looks like we're going to make that, but I've got uh, probably at this stage of the game requests for at least four additional books as fast as I can turn them out. So I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how you, know how you, how you uh, But um, got the uh, Huntsville presentation all put together, and that is going to be a dynamite forum. It's going to be all new Arduino stuff. But it's not going to be what anyone expects. Uh, finished building a project or two just for the forum. Got them all programmed up and loaded and ready to go. So I mean, I'm I'm just ready to go to Huntsville now. I'm ready too, man. Hey, we always go a day early and stay a day late, man. We love that place down here. And yeah, uh, I am too. I'm going over a day early and uh, spending the morning and early afternoon over at the Space and Rocket Center before I go to my hotel and check in. Yeah. Hey, since you mentioned uh, since you mentioned Huntsville, there, I, I've got a special announcement to make about Huntsville, guys. And uh, I'll be telling you more about this. But uh, if you, uh, we're starting to load up prizes on our prize page uh, uh, for our webcast of the Huntsville Ham Fest, and that's only in about four weeks or so, thirty days, something like that. Uh, but uh, if you go to our prize page, you're going to see one prize. And I've got one thing here. We started doing this, guys. The the Going to webcast these ham fest for everybody has become very expensive. 
uh, as we've told you and you probably know you know when we every year we've been webcasting uh uh ham for about 20 years now and lately as everything is it's going up and our cost to webcast Huntsville was upwards to three i mean uh, uh ham was upwards three thousand dollars now Huntsville's a little different it's kind of laid back we've got a little bit different arrangements and uh, it costs us less but it does cost us still about fifteen hundred dollars to webcast the Huntsville ham fest uh, to all you guys and get prizes away to you and um what we're offering we're gonna i'll do the same thing this year as we did last year hey we're gonna give away a a um uh, uh just this one prize this one prize here is gonna be kind of a fundraiser and for every five bucks that you'll throw in a pot uh, or in a hat uh, uh we'll put your name in a hat uh to win this uh a ca 500 uh antennalizer and this is a great antennalizer and uh hey Two five dollars, that gets you two tickets. Three gets you, um, you know, three gets you three tickets. Let's see, how much would a thousand dollars win? How much would a thousand? How many tickets? That'd be about five hundred. No, be about two hundred tickets. Two hundred tickets. Yeah, that's 200 tickets. Guys, for a thousand bucks, if you donate, we'll get you two hundred tickets to go in hand. But anyway, hey, you can check this out on the prize page. I explained it on the prize page. If you're interested, do it. If you're not, if you don't have the money, don't worry about it. Don't do it. We're gonna do Huntsville regardless, but. Uh, a lot of people like uh, like these these uh, prizes here that we give away. All the other prizes are going to be free, and uh, uh, to everybody. And and we got a lot of great uh, uh, donors and companies that are donating prizes. And you can see some of those prizes on our prize page right now. If you just go to w5kub.com and click on prizes, you'll see that. All right, hey guys, tonight we've got a very special guest with us. Somebody I've known for over 20 years and uh i consider him a friend of mine and uh i, I just want to bring him in here right now and that is bob Pyle, uh k9eid bob are you there let's get glenn off the picture are you there bob i is here yes ma'am we're here and i'm glad now, to wait be a minute, here wait thanks a wait, what's something's happening here yeah well let me go <laughs> bob we're stuck on Bob, talk You're stuck on me. You know, I, Let's see if I can force it. You didn't switch. Let me see if I can force it to Bob. Hey, let me see. Get out the crowbar. All right, I forced it. I forced it over the bell. I put a crowbar on it. There you are. I, I may not. Okay. Hey, anyway. Hey, guys, this is Bob Heil, K9EID, a great friend of ours, a great supporter of our webcast for, for 20 years. Bob, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, really great. Things are wonderful, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me and the, all of the uh, viewers and listeners out there in shortwave land. So, yeah, this is great. And Ham radio is alive and kicking, that's for sure. But uh, I appreciate being here. I want to make sure that uh, they know that we're sending down a few prizes also. So you'll you be are. able to have a couple of things going on. Yeah. You guys have always been great. In fact, hey, Bob, I just, I've got to mention this, man. 20, 20 years ago, when we started webcasting the Hamfest, we were using a, a $1.50 microphone, you know, one of the little condenser microphones. I guess it sounded okay, but it sure wasn't to your standards, Bob. And, and you know, Bob looked at that, and he saw what we were doing, and he, I think he kind of liked us. Bob says, here, take this microphone right here. And Bob gave us, I couldn't believe this, 
Bob gave us a a hail a PR. This is a, a P, what is this PR twenty twenty five thirty five PR thirty five yeah mm-hmm. PR thirty five. This is one of your pro mics. Mm-hmm. And hey, over the twenty years, look here, Bob. We we got a second one. <laughs> we got a second one here. I mean, we had more channels. We had to get more mics, right? Of course but, you do. Yeah, but you know, Bob, he, the only thing that I'm holding against you here, and I hear you tell the story about this mic. Now, let me. Well, let me ask you before I get mad here or upset. I'm going to ask you. Tell me who uses this microphone. A number of people. Uh, Charlie Daniels, the late Charlie Daniels, was a great friend, and a, we did all of his audio for 12 years. And uh, we developed that microphone he fell in love with. Carrie Underwood is using it for many, many years. And uh, so many other groups because it, it's one of the finest vocal microphones. And uh, uh-oh, listen to this. Who is that calling me? Let me find out. All right, it go right be, ahead. Go right ahead. Oh, it could be the FCC. <laughs> well, go ahead. It could, might be. That's crazy. I'm sorry. I didn't mute that dumb That's thing okay. that we did now. All right. But anyway, uh, we, uh, <laughs> uh, we have so many of the artists that really love the 35. And you go in front of these groups and you say, you know, uh, Charlie Daniels uses it, Carrie Underwood. You, you need to put mm-hmm. my name on there. You need to say, and Tom Medlin <laughs> uses it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and hey, man, that would that would make me so happy, Bob. You know, just <laughs> let everybody know Carrie Underwood and Tom uses yeah. mine. I'll send that to our uh, to our uh, graphic artist. Yeah, you yeah. She's got I, can, I can send you, you know, I can send you a pose or whatever you need, man, for yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. Oh, but again, thank you so much for supporting us and and uh, from from way back. And uh, we missed you at these some of these ham fests, particularly lately. But man, we missed a lot of people at them just because of this COVID stuff. It's, it 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 got pretty serious for a while and. Uh, we understand that, you know, why people are hesitant to come to some of these places. Mm-hmm. We went to Dayton, but we went a little differently, you know. As for years, we've had a booth that's uh, it's almost 100 foot long, and we took a lot of our employees and uh, did a lot of things there. But this year, I decided not to do that because of COVID. We didn't know, well, first of all, it was really up in the air, until just a month or two that really it was going to happen so i said well we'll do this so our 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 team said let's let's do something a little different so what we did is we visited the different dealers so we spent an hour or so with each of the dealers there and that's we had it on our website as to what time we would be but i told them going in i said look I get to have one hour for me. Now, how many years have I been going to Dayton? Well, the first one was 1959, and uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, I was one of the first 10 on single sideband on VHF. I had a kilowatt on 6-meter and 2-meter sideband, and the uh, Dayton guys had heard about it, so they invited me to come to their Dayton Hamvention, uh, that was in 1959, and uh, I was I was very very uh, pleased and honored to do that. But the situation was that uh, uh, <laughs> I found out. Well, they found out. The league went found out that I was one of the first ten 
and I was just a kid building all this stuff. But uh, I was in, I went there in 59, and from there I got into other things, and especially on the road with all the groups. I'm sure a lot of you know about those years, the Dead and the Who and Joe Walsh and all that. So I had about a 12, 13-year hiatus from ham radio, and and uh, when I came back in 76, I got an extra license because I had a technician license for 17 years. A lot of people say, Why do you, why'd you do that? Because in those days, in 1959, that started the biggest sunspot cycle we've ever had. And it was absolutely amazing. You could come on to six meters any time of the day or night, and there were people there. A lot of DX and all that. It was such a fun band. Now it's been kind of ruined. It's a contest band. All they want is their grid grid square, and they're gone. Wait yeah. a minute. What kind of transmitter? What kind of antenna? They don't care. They want your grid square. My God, my, oh, my, come on. Calm down. What city are you? And they're gone. Anyway, it's not the same as it was. Uh, I loved the rag, too, and... I want to learn about your station and where you are. You have kids and all that. Well, anyway, uh, I got an extra class license, and uh, I got onto 40 meters and all the others, and then I went crazy from there. But in 1970, I think it was 78, I went to the first Dayton Hamvention uh, outside of that one in 59. The one in 59 was held in the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Dayton. They had taken all the furniture out of one of the floors. And they had the Collins Room. They had the Central Electronics, Hallicrafters, Drake, Mosley. All these manufacturers were there. They were like movie stars to me because I'd been reading about them in a magazine from mm. my uh, early days on. But I got to visit with them and ask them questions. It was really great. So uh, that was a quite a difference. And uh, they go into Hera in 1964 when Hera was built. Well, in 1978, I went there. I went into the flea market to sell a, a whole bunch of metal parts we'd had. We had closed the plant building amplifiers and mixers and all kinds of stuff for the pro sound industry. And we were traveling around the country. But then I decided to do something a little different. And uh, <clears throat> this was my entrance to ham radio from that side. We started a club in 1977 or so in Marissa. Marissa, Illinois is my home. Uh, 2,000 people. We had uh, three hams. And I started a club, Marissa Amateur Radio Club. And we started doing things and building. Within two years, there were 300-plus members in that club. We never held a meeting in the same place. We'd have it at McDonald Aircraft, Wicks Pipe Organ, uh, all kinds of places that sometimes didn't have anything to do with ham radio, but it was neat. It was a different city. We'd go to SIU and Carbondale, all that, and... We really had a lot of interest. Well, a guy came to me, and he said, he was a salesman that sold me capacitors. And he said, uh, you're ham, right? And I said, I am. He said, well, I got something you might want to know about. 
he says, I represent Midland, the CB company. And he said, uh, the, down in downtown St. Louis, it was just uh, up the river a little bit there. They had uh, 85, I think it was, of the Midland CBs, but they couldn't sell them because they were 23 channel. And they were going to have to throw them out. Hmm. Because the, hmm. the FCC came in and said it had to be a 40 channel. He said, call this guy, and he gave me a number, and it was the purchasing agent for a famous bar, which became Macy's. Anyway, I, I said, I think I could help you. He said, what's that? I said, well, you're going to have to throw away uh, these CB radios. How would you like to give them to a 501C and write them off? Oh, wow. And so that began the whole thing. I went back to the club and we started working and seeing what we could do. I discovered that we could take that board, change a crystal, realign a couple of transformers, build an FM demodulator, which was a Motorola chip that had just come out that I'd read about. So we were building that in our plant along with a repeater offset. We also went to Tentec. You know, they were a great manufacturer of cabinets, and they built this cabinet for us, and we sold kits. We sold hundreds of kits, the FM-10. And then I wrote the book called the FM-10 um, FM Handbook. And actually, it was uh, that movement that started 10-meter FM. Uh, Evelyn Garrison, you probably remember her. She was the president of ICOM America. She would, I'd see her at a couple of shows, and she got took my book, and she said, we need to get into this. And so it is. I think it was a 735 uh, had the 10-meter FM that I helped them put together. And from there, all the manufacturers now have 10-meter FM in it. It was a great thing because the band was open like crazy. That was the other thing. It, uh, it really was wonderful to be able to walk around with a little handy talkie, and I had a repeater tied up to it, one of those 10-meter FM rigs, and you could talk to Japan or wherever through the 220 link into 10 meters. So we, that's why we, our our uh, club grew like crazy because we were doing so many things, and, and that's what I think is missing for a lot of clubs. They need to be doing things and exciting things, and that's why that club really grew and grew. But I told them you're only going to get me for another year because I had other things to do, and so the club finally it, it kind of went down and closed uh, years later but uh, again it was all about building and that's what what drove me built uh, to what we are today and it was amateur radio was my college education and yeah you know we we went on the road with so many different people and uh, one of my one of my i guess it's probably the, the thing that i'm most noted for in many circles that don't know the background of me is the talk box I built that for Joe Walsh to do Rocky Mountain Way. Joe and I have been friends since 1968 with the James Gang, and we did that for Barnstorm. But uh, Peter Frampton's little girlfriend, Peter, uh, Peter had a girlfriend, Penny McCall, that was living in our hometown of Marissa. She was living with one of the 
uh, road managers for Humble Pie. We were doing all the shows that Humble did around the world. And um, she came to me one day, a couple years later, said, Hey, I'm with Peter Frampton now, and I need a Christmas present. And so, don't send me any guitars. He has a lot of them. <laughs> so what did I do? Of course I did. That's what I sent him. All right. Peter could actually make it talk. He really could. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he's become a great friend over the years, and he's kind of in retirement now, but uh, still playing. In fact, he's in the studio doing some jazz things, so look out and I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, all of those many, many things that we did there... Then one day I got a phone call in 1972 from Paul Klipsch. Paul Klipsch is the father of the folded horn. He was the father of the hi-fi movement in 19, back 48, 49. I, I had a, a hi-fi system in 1950, so I knew a little bit about what was going on. But the deal there was he wanted to see my PA. He said, are you the guy that's got that kilowatt PA? And I said, yes, sir. I was really, really nervous and shocked that he called me. Now I want to come and see it. So he flew his airplane up to my little town of Marissa. And all day long, why did you do that? Well, how come you did that? Where did you learn to do that? And I said, had ham radio. No, no, like what? I didn't go. I hardly made it through high school, which is true. Barely made it through high school. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. because the problem there or the situation there is since I was 15 I was a, the organist at the Fox Theater in St. Louis and we uh, we learned how a lot of things through that we had to voice and tune over 3,500 pipes from 1 inch to 32 foot and that's where we, I learned to listen you see hearing is a physical process we all hear Listening is a mental process. You got to dive in and dig in and listen to what you're really doing. And that really started my career. And of course, the organ career really went nuts then. Uh, I was very fortunate to be able to play the Paramount Theater in Times Square, New York. Uh, this was down in Tulsa and uh, many, many pictures of all that. But that's how I learned to listen and do things. So Paul said, well, I want to see this kilowatt. Well, unfortunately for him, well, fortunately, it wasn't a kilowatt. It was six kilowatt. Oh, <laughs> and we man. just had a big, big time. <clears throat> and he put me in his plane that night, flew me back to Hope, Arkansas. And uh, the next couple of days, you couldn't go to a college and grasp what I uh, I learned in those times, and it didn't, you know, it was one, it wasn't one of those things where I did it right then. He was he was talking. What was I doing? I'm a writing notes, man. Oh man, try this, do that, find out about this. One of the things that Paul led me to uh, was the the telephone system. That's a picture of his. Uh, lab which was an old telephone exchange building that's in hope arkansas he's passed on now that's a picture of his folded horn he made one out of plexiglass so he could see it it's amazing amazing speaker uh, and uh, it, it turned me on to the 
the Bell Lab studies. You see, the early telephone system did not work well. They were mushy. They had no clear speech articulation. Huh. This was a big deal. Like, what are they going to do? How, how much money and time and all that was spent to do the telephone system? I had two wires started in New Jersey, went all across America. Every 500 miles was a relay station. And when they got to the California, beautiful. It was all exactly what went in and went out, but it wasn't good. It's like, uh, what's the problem here? And they, uh, they were really stunned because that telephone system sounded like this. There was no articulation. It was all mushy. They just couldn't figure it out because what went in and all those relay stations keeping it up, it didn't sound good. What are they going to do about that? Well, they uh, turned. Let me get this back up so you can hear me again. They understand me. There were 4,000 scientists at Bell Labs, so they all got involved. I mean, this was a major deal. And those 4,000 scientists, led by Dr. Harvey Munson and Harvey Fletcher and Weldon Munson, those two guys found out something about the human hearing system. I would only hope that many of you know about the Fletcher-Munson curve. If you don't, please go to Google. See, back in those days, we had a little different. We had to learn it from books or whatever. I was very fortunate in that Paul Klipsch gave me this, and it's still with me. It's 1,750 pages of anything you want to know about audio. Yeah, I still use it. I got a flag right here on gain of a microphone preamp that I'm playing with. And I was very blessed that all of this came to me. And, and so now what are they going to do? What Fletcher Munson determined was that our ears don't hear flat. And it is all about the level. Notice up at the top, it's almost flat. Down here where you're listening, or it's 20 or 30 dB a level, look like a ride at Disneyland. These are the guys that figured it out. This is what they figured out. And if you don't take anything away from what I say tonight, take this. They determined in that 3K bandwidth. Now, wait a minute. 3K bandwidth. Hmm. Isn't that something about all these transmitters behind me and your transmitter? Yeah. We're playing with 3K bandwidth, right? But they discovered something. 2.5K in between 2 and 3K is the magic spot. I'm going to turn one control and it will remove 2.5. It takes it down. I haven't turned up the bass. I haven't turned the treble. They're all flat. But now everything's mushy. There is no speech articulation. There simply is no beautiful, simple things. But it's all mushy. Now, here we go. I'm going to bring that back on. 
here comes the 2.5. Now it's simply stunning because we have beautiful articulation. And this is something we cannot deny. We cannot put our head and bury it in the sand. It's a fact, and it's a fact that was learned many years ago and passed on to us. So the telephone system had to be fixed. How are they going to fix it? There was no equalization. Equalization wasn't even thought of. What they did was they used high-pass filter. I did two of but I did a low-pass on the ride, but just to show you the difference. Audio goes into that capacitor, depending on the size of it, and depending on the size of the resistor to ground, that takes the low end, the base, out. What are you left with? Very nice, stunning peak at 2.5. And there's a, a, a formula for all of this. That's what they did. They had, there was no other way. Well, in 1930, the silent film, film industry was void because talkies came in. But the talkies were terrible. They were, again, mushy. You couldn't understand them. What are they going to do? They didn't have any equalization. And there was a young man, John Volkman. Look how young he was. Oh, my goodness. He worked for RCA in the 1920s. But they let him do a new job of motion picture playback systems. He had to go into each of the theaters that had an RCA system and do something. And so what he did is he built this little box and it had several different values of low pass and high pass. He, the low pass really wasn't necessary. But the high passes, he could fix each one of them, find out what, what the components were, solder them in, and bingo, we had it happening. It was really, really something. And from 1920, now pay attention here, from 1920 until 1967, we were void of any serious equalization. Today, my gosh, everything's equalized. But back then, no, 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 there were no equalizers. Well, in 1967, I was just entering the sound reinforcement business, and we did it by using different types of, of horns and speakers and, and different ways to stack them. I learned a lot of that from Paul Clips also. But I had heard that Langevin had come out with an equalizer. So I took off to California. And there it is. It was the very first commercial-built equalizer. You could switch up at the top, select a frequency, and then you boost or cut. That was amazing. So I told the gentleman, I said, I want to buy some of these. And he said, well, just a minute. We got something coming very quickly, and I'll let you see. We're working with Alltech. Look what we've done. Now, today, you guys say, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Can you imagine that that did not exist? And I walked into the room, and they handed me that. Can you imagine the thrill? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, what is this? Huh, Rissa... And I had a carpenter there build me a cabinet 
big steel legs that we could fold up and we could carry it around. 16 channels with compression and limiting. That's what the two meters were from uh, Longevin. And that graphic equalizer. And you can imagine when Heil Sound moved into these arenas, the groups, they went freako because they had never seen anything like that. That was why Heil Sound was... Uh, we were caught catapulted into that industry really quickly where did i learn it all ham radio and, and it was just so much fun that we could do things and and things that were unorthodox there's no textbook for some of this you just do it mm. and uh, one of my things i i came back to ham radio i got rid of all the sound reinforcement gear i came back to ham radio hadn't been on about 12 years I turned on my KWM2, and I was totally freaked out. Why? Because this is what I heard a lot of. CQ, 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 field day, CQ, field day. What? It was all distorted, big bassy, no articulation. I go, what is going on? But a few, a few of them had it. But still, we had, it was just like, what are we doing here? Oscar Kilo. Thank you. Copy three Alpha Sierra Delta. I looked at that and I said, "Wow, why is that guy so clear?" Because his microphone had a lot of 2.5 in it, and so that started my trick of bringing articulate audio to ham radio. The first thing I did was I did this. I built, for me, I'm just goofing around. I built that. Say, what is that? That is my EQ200, I called it. That little guy quickly became very popular because the ARRL called me. And they wanted me to write an article about it, which I did. July of 1982. That says January. It wasn't. It was July. 1982. I wrote the article, how to build it and all that. And it, was, it received a cover award uh, for that, that uh, month. I was very, very pleased and honored by that. That was a big deal for this little kid. But there again, these are things that I learned just playing around and shared it with everybody. But I had closed my plant. We had sold all of the sound reinforcement stuff, as I mentioned. But I still had the building, a 7,000-square-foot building. But I had my printed circuit board stuff and all the other machinery. I hadn't got rid of that yet. So we started building EQ200s. Uh, I did that article as a do-it-yourself, but didn't work too well. I made a mistake. I put my phone number in the bottom of that article, but that's okay. It got us really into building things for amateur radio, and that really was, other than the 10-meter FM kits, uh, and we were just putting pieces together there. That was the first product, and I still have guys that will call me today that use it. But in 1999, I got a call, or I, I received a letter 
from Dr. Inouye. Dr. Inouye is the founder of ICOM. And he had a picture of his station. In his picture, he had one of the great IC-781s. What a great rig. It was the first rig that had a scope in it. It was a real CRT scope. Contesters loved it, and a few still are. And he had one of my gold lines, and he had one of my EQ-200s. This is the president of ICOM going, whoa. And he said, I'm thinking of new radio. I think I want to use EQ-200. And so it is, and history will, will remain from the Pro 1, Pro 2, Pro 3, all the way through the ICOM line to the little 705. They all have the EQ-200 in them. Yesu came along a little later, a year later actually, and at Dayton, Dr. Hasegawa comes into the booth. He's a big tall guy. I want to talk to you about this EQ. And I went, step out of the booth. <laughs> and so we talked about it. And I said, well, we could do that, but it's going to have to, if you're saying it better, it have to be a parametric. Ah, oh, that'd be good. I said, not so fast. What well, be the problem? I said, education. What do you mean? Well, you see, with the little two-band EQ, I... I know what frequency I figured it out from using it. Those were set. All you got to do was increase or cut of those two filters. The top one being 2.5, the bottom one 160. But in parametric equalization, you don't have anything to go by. You have three filters. They each have three things, level, frequency, and bandwidth audio bandwidth that means you have nine controls and you don't know where any of them are that was a real challenge i'll take care of it well they didn't if you have a yesu and you look at the book how to adjust their parametric i did the, I, I mean i i did it for him i i can't figure it out so I knew we had to do something, and it was really quite simple because when you look at the picture, and they're all the same. They might have different uh, colors and stuff, but they all have nine filters, frequency level width, frequency level width, so on. You set the first one to 200, the frequency. You're going to notch that bass. You don't want all that pumpy bass, minus three or four. And the bandwidth, audio bandwidth, is two octaves. Just leave it at two octaves. The next one, there's something weird between six and 900 hertz. It's kind of a boxy sound. Get rid of it. Set that at eight, 900, minus a little bit. Now, what do you do with the third one? You already know or you haven't been listening to me. 2.5K plus eight. Oh, baby. Yes, you want to go over to that 2.5 and you want to go bang you don't want it to be down here and that's how you adjust a parametric equalizer and uh, all of them are the same even the new 101 and all those kind of things and so it it really is a wonderful thing for amateur radio if you don't have um, have it in your you know in your radio it yeah, you could do an outboard kenwood came to me we helped them a little bit with theirs i didn't I didn't uh, like the 13 band. We don't need all that. My my first thing I did for them was only going to be eight bands, but they went a little further. If you have a rig that doesn't have EQ, W2IHY is your is your golden entrance. That really works great. 
and uh, it, it, it's, it's just wonderful stuff. Our, uh, our website has all kinds of things on it. Uh, all things Yesu, all things ICOM, all things Kenwood. These are the kind of things you'll see. There's how to set your Yesu. And so uh, we have the same thing for all of them. But uh, there again, you need to, need to think a little bit when you're adjusting this and listening. It's so important to listen. I always listen to myself in another receiver, and that works extremely well. But what do we do about receiving? Hmm. Well, the rigs have a little bit of thing to do. They have a little EQ here and there, but it's not very good. So I said, we're going to do something about that. Borrowing a lot of the things I learned from Paul Klipsch. We built the perfect speaker. There's a lot of speakers, and there's a lot of all these little boxes, but they don't work very well. And look at the size of that magnet. And then we built the speaker box, the cabinet. We built that to tune what that cone was. You take that cone outside into free air and tell you, and do a, a sweep on it, find out what the cone resonance is, then you would adjust the box. When you build the box, you write, put the right dampening and so on in it, and it has a three and a half inch tweeter. But the power amp that you see on the back, that thing is 25 watts at 0.1%. Every one of the transceivers, I know I work with them, are maybe one to two watts, and they're 10%. 10! It drives me frico. I, I talked to one of you. That's good enough. No, it's not good enough. And so I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so I did. The parametric receive audio system. And it's something that really works great for, uh oh, works really great for any kind of uh, receive audio. Computers, oh my goodness, is it something for computers? And so we're seeing a lot of our parametric receive systems come into that being. And here's the deal. This is the best thing I can show you right here. It has an input control. And then we have th three filters. This is a, just a plus or minus at 6K. This happens to be the low at 160, plus or minus 12 dB. There you go. But the middle is parametric. We have a gain control. We'll set that. I'm going to set everything else about flat. And then this is your parametric mids from 400 to 4,000. See, it's not set parametric you can change the parameters of that filter i have a little thing on a disc here that came from the air Nathan. that this is a, a dx station and here's the way you hear it that's flat okay Bravo, Bravo. 2.5. It is flat, the way you oh, hear it. Sierra, Sierra, uh, Hope I have a great, great day from Ireland. It is flat. This is the way you listen to him. 
It's amazing. The other thing about it that's really wonderful, I have two headphone amplifiers, separate line amps. These are not all wired together and all that. They're separate amplifiers. You can have a logger. You can have an operator. But what's really taken hold is the left side of your headphone and the right side. So if you have a hearing imbalance, this is a godsend. I can't tell you how many people write and tell me and call me. This one is a record out. It's a separate amplifier. It's not just some Y thing. And that you can plug into your computer and do what I did there in that it's it it gives you some really great recordings. And we're so thrilled that these are the kind of things we need. But a lot of manufacturers don't. And the people that do, they're just... <laughs> don't get me started. They've got to be right. And I guess I've been so blessed in my life to have people like Paul Klipsch and uh, all these wonderful people guide me through all of this stuff. But, um, you know, we continue on. We've got a lot of other products and things that we're working on. And hopefully we'll make it all happen. We're, I, I want to dispel all rumors that I have not retired where did that come from? You didn't read right. Sarah says that a lot. She said, you just don't, you don't read right. You don't, you didn't read. Hey, hey, Bob, I read it, and I, I read it wrong. I actually thought you were gone, man. It was a sad nope. day at Dodge. Nope. I have a new title. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's son, Ash, had been working with us for years. He's a very schooled uh, classical pianist. He's a Ph.D., and he'd been... Pr- actually uh, in psychology for a number of years teaching but he he came aboard some time ago and he's running the things and the other thing is i think you have a picture of those guys steve warford's been on the right steve been with me since he was 16 he is the director of operations he is the man and uh, ash has all of the uh, the things to do with the different groups and so on, and keeps it running. Jerry Lynch is another one. Jerry's been with me for, oh gosh, 14 years maybe. He does all the dealer stuff and works with a lot of bands and so on. So we have a really well-oiled machine there, and uh, nobody's gone. However, where it might start is that Sarah has retired, and uh, so she's enjoying her re needed to leave. Hey, I got a, just a quick question for you here. Let me let me throw some up here on the screen, and uh, just ask you a couple questions here. Hey, you know, I'm looking at this antenna here on your. This is Bob's QRZ page on K9EID. I'm looking at your 128 element antenna here. Now, yeah, yeah. You know, my parents were so nice. Uh, they bought me my first my night kit T150, and I built that. Yeah, and, yeah. That was a hundred and fifty dollars back in nineteen sixty, early sixty. That's probably worth a thousand bucks then. But how well, did you get your parents to to let you put up one hundred twenty eight elements? I was very, very fortunate that my parents were so forgiving. Uh, I started playing the organ when I was fourteen, and I started building a bank fund. And all those years at the Fox and all, as I showed you a while ago, and. Uh, 
I was able to buy all my ham gear, but what you saw there cost me nothing because when I went to Dayton at the at the Biltmore in 19, uh, it was 1959, one of the companies that were showing there was a J-Beam company. And the J-Beam company, they came to me, well, I went in to see them because I'd already had a J-Beam up and... Uh, they wanted to know if I could do an experiment with one of their antennas. And I said, sure, you know, yeah, I'd do experiments. They sent over their 128 element array. Uh-huh. And uh, we had a spare lot beside our house, and that's where we put it. It was on a 50-foot roan tower. A 50-foot roan tower was the boom. But uh, two years before that, 1958, I had up a 110-foot roan with a 35-foot uh, Telerec 6-meter and a 35-foot 15-element uh, for 2 meters. And that was what the kilowatt amp drove. So I was uh, I was pretty healthy signal on 6 and 2 meters with all of that. Yeah. And they did, were thrilled. Uh, they they did, were, did. it didn't cost them anything, and they were... They were thrilled. They weren't into radio at all, but they they were very intrigued about all how about the things. The neighbors? Uh, how did the neighbors take that? Oh, they knew I was crazy anyway, because yeah, yeah. uh, that same year I put a pipe organ in my home. We had all mm-hmm. kinds of things going on, yeah. uh, and I built that pipe organ, and you know. So now the the, the 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 small town of Marissa, they they took a lot of interest in in what I did, and so that was why that all happened. Yeah. Hey, hey, I know, I know you like, and you've got a big collection of uh, uh, old equipment, and I know you're an AMer type guy back there. Yep. Uh, we started. Hey, you were talking about uh, VHF and, and the bands being good back in the early '60s. When I was a novice, we were able to hold our um, technician license at the same time. You could do both at the same time, and I actually operated six. And man, six was open back then. You talked from here to New York, just like you were in the backyard. Man, it was yeah. it was cool. Hey, tell me about some of this equipment right here. Uh, you hey, you got a nice piece of autographed equipment here. That's wonderful. That is a Mosley receiver. They only built two hundred of them, and they were across the street <laughs> from this four-star restaurant that I played in in St. Louis, where I had a pipe organ I had built in nineteen. 19- I put that in in 1960. I was there for six years. And uh, across the street was the Mosley factory. And I'd go over there every once in a while. I'd go in to work a little early. I went on in 1962 one day. I went in, and they're building this receiver. And I'm going, Carl, Carl mm. Mosley, I said, what are you doing? Well, he said a guy came in here. He works at, at uh, the aircraft company, which was McDonald for a long time. But when I started getting back into things, especially AM, I discovered it was a marvelous AM receiver. And uh, that's what I use every morning, and I'm really thrilled about having it. It it works so well. And that's the man that designed it, W0BD. I visited with him many, many times, and he passed away a couple years ago. But uh, these are guys that really had a lot of things that, guided amateur radio one of the other things i had in the early day and you probably did too was one of these the gonset communicator oh, yeah. yeah yeah and um i came home from school one day this would uh, about six months after i had my ticket 
And one of my high school chums that got me into ham radio, he was a mile down the road, when you bought a Gonset communicator, you got a whip that screwed onto the top of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it collapsed like the, you know, like the antennas on your car. You could uh, take it up to 54 inches. And we talked back and forth with our communicators. I ran home from school one day, and uh, I didn't pay attention. I call, I turned it on. I was going to call George, and I'm, and the band is just wide open. And this guy's calling. It's CO2ZX. I'm going. Where is that? What is going on? It mm. was Havana, Cuba. Mm. Oh my gracious! Mm-hmm. So, I. I just quickly called him. I was so nervous about it. And he came back. There's the proof right there. And I ended the the conversation, the QSO. I sat back and took a breath. I forgot to put the outside antenna. I worked him on a 54-inch antenna in my house. That's how wide open six meters were was in those days. It used to get like that. It's called the Miracle Band, and uh, it didn't take much of an antenna, man, to talk places. That's that's for sure. When it's open. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I dearly love six. Yeah. Bob, Bob, I I got to tell you. Go ahead, Tom. No, go ahead, Glenn. I was going to say, Bob, I got to tell you, I love it when you speak. I always learn something new. Um, But you said something along here that really hit home to me because I was uh, benefited the same way when I started up, and that's the mentors that we had. I was blessed with a whole series of mentors, and it sounds like you had absolutely just a whole bunch of wonderful mentors, and that seems to be going by the wayside as well for a large part. I uh, I was on the air with my Harvey Wells on AM, uh, six meters. Uh, about a week after I was on, uh, there's the station. That's it. That was it. About a week after I'm on, I'm tuning around on the SX99. I'm I'm a young kid. I knew nothing little about it. That big box you see, that was a six and two converter, by the way. And the Harvey Wells. And I heard this terrible signal. It was so distorted. What is wrong with this guy? Next night I come back. He's he's around that same frequency. What is going on? So I got up the nerve to call him. And he came back. He was so thrilled. I had pushed the BFO button. Because I hadn't done that before. He was on single sideband on six meters. Mm. And so I was so he he was happy because he said nobody comes back to me they all think I'm distorted so we started talking and every night I was 50 miles from him he was in St. Louis I'm in Marissa 50 miles away and I he'd come on and I want to adjust this now tell me if it's better or bad whatever well one of the nights he said uh, I told him I said well you know I come into St. Louis and I, I I play the organ at the Fox, and um, I said I'd, I I got some time because what we did in those days we would play for uh, uh, eight minutes, and then the movie started. And we'd have a couple of hours at least. He said, "Well, come and see me," and he gave me the address. I'm 15 years old. I had a license to drive at the age of 15. I, it was a drive-to-work license. Mm-hmm. So 
I roll up in front of that address, and it says KMOX Radio. That's the 50KW CBS station. I go in, and there's a secretary or a receptionist. I, I'm a little scared kid, you know. And she said, can I help you? And I said, I'm, I want to talk to Larry. And she said, well, I, I have several Larrys. I said, he's a ham radio. Oh, you want Larry Burroughs. Out comes this guy in a three-piece suit. He was the chief engineer of CBS KMOX. And he took me under his wing. And I said, well, you know, during that meeting, I said, would you build me one of those sideband rigs? No, I can't do that. But I'm going to teach you how. And uh, so I went back to Walter Ash with a laundry list of all the things. And uh, within about six months, I was on six-meter sideband, thanks to Larry Burroughs. And that really started it for me. He was a great mentor. And then, you know, there are so many others, as you said, you know, that uh, Paul the Klipsch thing was out, just outrageous when you think about him, what he did, and coming to see me. <laughs> Why me? He was in. Don't forget that. I have not retired. Go out and do that rumor. Let everybody know I am <laughs> not dead, I am not retired, and I still have my soldering iron handy. Yes, I do. Yes. Well, Bob, just just one final question here for me. Uh, did you uh, did you just go directly into a tech license first, or did you get a novice license? Oh, I got a novice license, and I, I immediately the next week uh, took the technician license. Okay. I did learn the code a little bit uh, enough to pass that, and then of course uh, in later years I, I I was terrible at it, but I got enough to pass my. Uh, my other license but yeah. I, I am not a cw expert or even operator well i'm not either but you know cw does have its place and that yes. was some fun days back in the early 60s as a novice uh, when that's all we could de do uh, cw yeah. Yeah. Uh, cw was fun back then and uh, that's kind of my start in ham radio i'm not a cw person now but you know it's like riding a bicycle you, you learn it you kind of always remember it you know yeah, you know, it all ended up for me, and I was incredibly honored. Uh, Heil Sound is the only manufacturer in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Those are some of the, the equipment we built. That mixer I'm standing in front of is the mixer we built for the Who for Quadrophenia. It's a quad mixer, so we could have four corners of an arena and move it around. And the back side of that is ZZ Top's mixer and monitors and the talk box and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, we, we went on from there, and, but uh, that was quite an honorable thing for me uh, in those days. Hey, look, look at this mobile rig. Was that your mobile rig? That's a 1956 Thunderbird that I totally restored in 1972, uh, body off and all that. And it was my everyday car for many years. And I had a 1956 KWM1 in it. Oh, and uh, we had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those yeah, are all yeah. fun things. Cool, yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah. Well, and was that a mobile? Was it, is that a mobile? That is. That's a wonderful little rig, extremely rare. What is that a converter? One of my, 
One of my mentors gave that to me. Runs five watts with a pair of six AQ5s. And it's AM, of course. I use it every once in a while on the AM nets. You'd be amazed what you can do with just five or ten watts. And people, people forget that. Uh, that, that's that's kind of a well, sad you, thing. You've been involved in so many things, and I would like to just mention everybody. If you if you would like to get back into building and get into it with some tubes like we used to back in the sixties, hey, try Bob's uh, pine board. Uh, what do you call this, Bob? The pine board. Yeah, the pine board project. Go project. to the website hylesound.com and you'll see in there, or you can do a search on pine board, and you'll see all the videos and the pages and the schematics and all of that so we've had over a thousand people and the reason we know that is that antique electric supply makes the kits for me oh yeah and you can buy all the pieces and parts and w4iqn look at that he was a graphic artist retired beautiful drawings and so that you don't even need to read a schematic to do it. Yeah, well, but the board project is a great project. People are there, and it's easy to build, and yeah. it's, it's, it's simple to build. A lot of this is in my handbook. My yeah. handbook is available on our website, Ohio Ham Radio Handbook. And uh, there's a lot to learn there. And then uh, uh, we've got some other things happening on the website, but uh, the book is there. All right, Bob. Hey, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I know you've got to go, and, uh, man, we appreciate the time you can spend with us tonight. We always learn a lot, and I love talking about the, the stuff. Well, give me a subject. We'll come back and just do on that subject. got a th- whole thing on antennas. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. How about one about tubes? I miss the tube era. I really do. Oh, yeah. man. Well, I'll come back and do the, some of the pine board and beyond. We've done a lot of other things. Excellent. You, you just call me and I'll be there. You know that. Uh, oh, I'd love it. Um, okay. Man. Glenn, you, you take you care. See, Watch Tom. Too, man, back I, when I grew up. No, he's on his own. I can't I can't do anything with him. <laughs> hey, back, back when I grew up in Ham Radio, we didn't have transistors then. Uh, that's how no, old we had I tubes. That, that's how Those. old I am, man. Uh, oh, me too. Okay. All right, Bob. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Okay. Great. Take care, great, man. Thanks, Bob. Take Greetings care. To all. Bye, bye for right. now. Goodbye. All right, guys. Uh, that was a great uh, segment there with uh, Bob Heil, K9 EID, and he uh, he cleared up the rumors. I actually read the uh, press release, and I thought Bob was out of the business, but uh, he's not. He's still involved there, and heavily involved in doing a lot of things uh, at Heil Sound. I, I don't think Bob will ever retire. Really, I think he'll always. I hope not. I mean, he's kind of like Martin Zhu. Yeah. You know, his. You know, no matter how many times he thinks he's going to retire, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think. You know, he's just got that love of ham radio and electronics that you just can't let go of. Yeah, I think he'll always uh, always be there. Well, guys, uh, hey, it, it's about time to go to after the show show, and let me uh, let me just mention to you that. Uh, Man, hey, just two hours before the show tonight, I had a tooth ground off right here, uh, and I've got a, a temporary crown on there. So when I started the show, this whole half of my face was dead, man. I mean, no lip. I couldn't even feel my lip. I couldn't feel this half of the nose uh, all the way up to the eye. So what's the yeah, left side? So uh, uh, it's starting to come back. I, it's almost there, man. 
A terrible feeling, you know, a terrible feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the, the results of the whole process are worth it. And you know what? I went in there today. I, I went in there today, to, and, and the, the assistant there says, do you want gas? And I never really used, I never used gas before. And I said, well, the last gas I had was CS gas in the United States Air Force, and I didn't particularly like, uh, you know, smelling it. And uh, they said, well, this is, this is different gas, man. This is some happy gas, you know. So anyway, she put the thing. I said, yeah, let's try it. You know, I said, you know, let her rip. So she puts it on there, you know, and, and turns it on. And it's on about five minutes. I said, uh, have, you, uh, have you turned a happy gas on yet? I said, I don't, I don't feel a thing. And she said, yeah, it's been on for five minutes. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I, don't, I don't feel anything. I said, maybe the tube stopped up. I said, is the hose fell off the, the little nose piece? Is it laying in the floor? Because I don't feel any happy to you. So she cranked it up a little bit more. And I really, I still didn't feel it. So, so I had this line already figured out for the doctor. You know, I was going to tell the dentist, uh, you know, that, hey, I just want to tell you up front that my tip basically is, is uh, and I can't even think of what I was going to say now. I, still, I think I still want to guess. It, it's uh, inversely proportional uh, to the pain that I received during that procedure. So he knew that the more pain, the less tips. Anyway, so when he walked in, I was going to tell him that, and, and, and I told him, I said, this gas is not working. So they must have cranked it up really because within about two seconds, within about two seconds, uh, I, 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 I almost forgot what I was fixing to say. I mean, it, <laughs> it was like there was a, like a window there that just kind of went happy, you know. But then, it, but you know, I got my line out. It it, it kind of went away, and uh, you know, the rest of the next, I, I was probably in the chair there for thirty minutes, forty five minutes, and uh, they left the gas on the whole time. And I don't know. I guess I'm too tolerant to it because I didn't. I couldn't really tell I was on it. Uh, but um, so that was kind of that was kind of my interesting thing today uh, uh, with the happy gas. So. You know, I was sort of that way when I had my first kidney stone. I was actually in the hospital, and they had finally diagnosed it and gave me a, a load of painkillers. And I was talking to my friends, trying to make arrangements to get my cat to a cat show, you know, have them take it and show it for me. And in my mind, I was saying, can you take the cat to and show him this weekend for me? What they said is you said, oh, but we yeah. kind of figured out what you were trying to tell us. <laughs> All right, let me, let me I didn't feel that way. Let me see. They say my audio is low. Uh, I'll you were I, a I little. Actually, you were high compared to Bob. Oh, really? Oh, you're real high. Let me, I cranked the audio. I cranked the mixer yeah. up there. No, Bob's, bit, Bob's so. audio is the one you, you judge it from. He's going to have the best audio. Yeah. All right. Well, I think mine's okay. I, my batteries oh, yeah. are fully charged here. Okay. Hey, let's uh, let's get the uh, let's get the uh, Zoom link out there, and uh, let's see if anybody wants to join us on Zoom and uh, come on the show. So we're now officially in the uh, after the show show. So let me get the uh, link here for you guys, and uh, we invite you into the show here. All right. And while we're waiting, let me talk a little bit about some of the things I've got coming on. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be doing a Zoom presentation for the <laughs> Toledo uh, Club. And I'm going to do another one. Uh, oh, it's a rah-rah club, and I can't remember the exact Rochester 
Amateur Radio Association. Uh, going to be doing a presentation for them. But uh, the big thing is Huntsville. But for those of you that can't get to Huntsville, uh, QSO Today is going to be doing uh, their uh, Ham Radio Expo uh, in September. And I have already uh, talked to them and arranged that I'm going to be doing uh, my standard introduction to Arduino. And I'm going to be doing the brand new Arduino that only about three people know what's in it. And Tom's not one of them. But no, uh, no oh, sir. Man. That one's coming out in Huntsville. Yeah. And right now there are only two to three people that know what it's going to be about. And I promise it will knock socks off and blow minds. But All that's right. also well, going to be... We, we can't wait. can't wait to see what's, yeah. uh, what's going to nope, be. Nope. nope. It is a secret. Uh, right now, only Dave Minster and uh, AWRL's uh, publishing manager there, Becky Schoenfeld, they're the only two that really know. And uh, nobody else really knows what it is other than it's... All new, and it's not what you're going to expect it to be. All right. Well, we can't wait. Can't wait. So, I, be, uh, while we're waiting on people, while, while we're waiting on people to come in, let me uh, let me do this, and we'll be right back, folks. Right yeah. back. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need, from QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote. An LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Easily cut through the pileups and get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 portable, the IC7300, and the IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hands who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors. The space station provides features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package that covers HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and is weighing in at just under two pounds. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various stages, and it reduces the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is a radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touch. It's a great sampling, software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digital select. For more information, visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. All right, and we are back, and uh, we are officially an after-the-show show. show. Uh, You've been listening to and watching Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio, amateur radio, and uh, 
we've kind of gone to the informal part now where we're just opening up the zoom lines and if you want to connect with zoom you can connect come in a show we'll talk about just about any uh, uh ham radio subject here uh hey i did want to mention and uh i didn't mention it during the show the uh roundtable show but our balloon is still flying look at this i mean we uh, were man the ants are turning it around I mean, we haven't even made it to the... We've been flying now for 31 days, and we haven't even made it to the U.S. Our, our best time for a complete lap was nine days. We're at 31, and the ants are turning it around. You can see you can see uh, the prediction there. We're going to head back. It looks like we're going to circle China again, and believe me, China is pretty, pretty big. And I don't know. Uh, you, you guys may have seen the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where... You know, they're driving down the road, you know, on the wrong side, going the wrong way. And the guy says, you know, hey, they're yelling, you know, hey, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. And and uh, the guys there say, well, yeah, how do they know where we're going? You know, so we don't know where the ants are going. I won't say they're going the wrong way. They may have a purpose for turning around and heading back toward India. Up tonight, last I checked, we were back up to the exact maximum altitude that we were that we achieved about day two so uh i don't know we're back up there now at over fifty-one thousand feet so there's not a lot of air up there we're going to be going slow and uh and we're going to be going going backwards it's quite impressive really when you stop and think about it well yeah uh, our best flights have been 72 days. We're only up to 31 days, so we got a ways to go. But that uh, that 71 that, that 72 days also took us around three and a half times. Um, I, I see you moving, moving yeah. south again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're heading south, and uh, I don't know why, but uh, well, that's just where we're going to be going. Yeah, now I got to tell you, Bob Heil spoiled me. I didn't get a chance to tell him this tonight, but he designed the audio for the ASU FT950, and that was absolutely the best audio of any transceiver I've I think ever he, I think used. he is doing it for all the rigs. I know he's doing it for yep. ICOM, too. And, yeah. I mean, I, that, I, I hated to get rid of that rig because of the, the quality sound in it. It was just wonderful. And uh, so, I mean, it... I'm hoping that the, the FT-101's got the similar stuff in it because I, 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 I had a whole bunch of other rigs here, and I'd always use a 950 because the other rigs just didn't sound right. Uh, he definitely spoiled me. Plus, now I've got the uh, that parametric receive audio system, and let me tell you, you know, it works. I actually uh, have that attached to my GoBox for field day and the contests, and it really, really brings up the audio for contest work. It's it's amazing. Yeah, All Tom, right. the ants are going to go back and pick up your uh, Amazon Prime Day purchases while they're in China. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on some uh, resonators from China, if they'll ever get here. Uh, we... Uh, we're designing another board. You know, this is this is our tracker that's mm -hmm. built under microscope. Yeah, uh, Glenn, we're having boards printed out that are one half this size. Holy cow! The board, the board is actually see the white GPS unit. 
The board, oh, yeah. is, the board is about the size of the GPS unit. The GPS goes on one side, and the uh, uh, Arduino goes on the back side. That's phenomenal. So, and uh, so That's I had really to get some different, some different resonators to go on it. So I'm waiting on those to go in and, and uh, uh, you know, hey, if we can, we, you know, we, we might get this thing down to where it floats by itself without uh, a balloon. You know? Well, I still need to get over there with you and do some surface mount soldering myself. Yep. You know, whenever well, I, whenever you're ready. I think I'll be here this weekend. If, if okay. You might check, you know. Uh, I mean, we've Friday. both been sick and schedules have been flip-flopped and everything, so no big rush. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the way it is outside of Huntsville, I don't have any travel plans set as far as I know until Dayton, but... That's all subject to change in a moment's notice. You know me. Yep. But uh, I really need to get cranking on the book. I'm finishing up a couple of the new updated projects for that book now. Uh, they're they're rolling quick. It's just I'm trying to put 20 into <clears> one <throat> book. And I want to update them all to be totally as current as I can rather than using parts you can't get anymore. I was at the I was at the league headquarters last Monday. Uh oh. And well, I held up I held a um, a test session on Sunday, and I had nothing really to do on Monday, so it was a two hour drive down to Newington, and uh, I got a chance to talk to the uh, assistant uh, head of the um, uh, VEC department, and uh, we discussed uh, I. Uh, tested an eight-year-old girl, and I told him, I said, I only charged her $5. She goes, well, that was what you were supposed to do. <laughs> yes. And I said to her, I said, now, I says, how does this $35 re re refund work? And she said, we have to fill out a form. I said, well, I don't have any. She said, well, it's on our website. But she went upstairs, and she brought me down, uh, what was it? She brought me some labels. Some new CSEs that talk about the thirty-five dollars, and she gave me one of the things, and I says, "Well, how how can I fill this out for the kid?" I says, "It did that," and so I filled the thing out, okay, and gave all the information, and I handed it to her, and she goes, "Well, as soon as the parents pay, she says we'll cut her a check, cut them a check, and send it back." I says, "Good." <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I understand that the FCC is having trouble if an individual decides that they're going to make their $35 payment on a cell phone or a tablet, not a PC or a Mac, but they're having trouble with the electronics there. I, I tried to get a hold of the... FCC tech desk today to find out what the heck's going on, but uh, uh, uh. well, Bill, I I, uh, I saw your post about that in one of the groups, and yeah. somebody commented uh, under you and said it's not just for ham radio that they're having trouble with all services getting the money. I'm telling you, they they pushed it too fast. They didn't check it before they ran it. So, well, and that's actually when you come into the tech side of things. You know, that's what I do for a living. Finding quality people to actually <clears throat> produce good software, maintain hardware, etc., is getting harder and harder to find. Um, 
you know, and I would not surprise me if they just had difficulty finding the talent to get that job done right. I know when I was in the Navy and I worked at the Pentagon, we had these, we had this specific unit. There was like 60 of them. Yes. That were, that, that were doing C programming and all this other stuff. And I'm saying to myself, well, you go do your thing and I'll do basic over here. <laughs> yeah. No, back in the 70s when I was doing the turbojet engine research project, uh, I mean, my Lord, we had just a whole building full of programmers. And, I mean, they were just all the best money could buy. And it was just phenomenal back then. But, I mean, I look at my job today, and it's very hard to find a quality person in the tech field right now that's not trying to get the job to rip you off and just take your money. Right. You know, to get somebody who's got those old school... Uh, approaches to you know doing work the right way and getting it done and you know being professional about it that's kind of gone by the wayside it's now you know get in get out it works it's close enough oh well we're gonna have to open up every port on the firewall that's okay I'll complain to the boss and he'll make you do it yeah you know, so we had, uh, we've got we've got Clint joining us I think uh, how you doing Hi, Clint, Clint. Let me see there. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. What a show. What a show. Hey, I'm recuperating man. from uh, knee surgery last Friday, so uh, I'm a little incoherent, but, but oh. mending all right. Yeah, uh, excellent. So, uh, hey, well, hey, they don't keep you from working satellites. Uh, maybe it don't keep you from working them, right? You, you, are we, you? Had, we had last night at 9.30 here in Southern California only four, five operators on the ISS's crossband repeater. We had it all to ourselves. Oh, That's wow. great. great. Same thing happening tonight at 9.02, so it's just... Yeah, I'll, I'll get on the crutches and go outside and, and do it. I can actually, I've actually made the right crutch into the two-meter. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, that's the medication talking, gentlemen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you bring enough for all of us? <laughs> In California, I think it's a federal thing, but they really are strict on, on the narcotic oh, yeah. stuff now. Oh, yeah. Uh, even, even for you know, a legitimate surgeon and legitimate no, operation no. and a legitimate patient. You're going to suffer. Uh, yeah, it's going to be all right. Just keep it elevated and cold. Yeah. Mm, well, maybe they should have gave you some happy gas like they gave me. That was a great story. That was you a know, great story. It, it, you know, if my, they just keep it turned up or they're strong, it, it, it works pretty good, I guess, but I don't know. My, my anesthesiologist, uh, I just said hello to him. They wheeled me into the room, and they started putting pillows behind my back. And I said, that's really nice of you to put pit. I didn't get the word pillows out. I did not get the word pillows out, and I woke up in about five seconds in my car with my wife driving me home. Oh, That's yeah, how yeah. good the anesthesiologist was. He is my best friend. Yeah. My uh, oral surgeon years and years ago was a Grateful Dead groupie, and he was also considered one of the best oral surgeons in all of Alabama. And uh, he pulled my wisdom teeth. I had all four done simultaneously. <clears throat> and to to this day, I will swear to you that whatever he gave me, when he put these headphones on and asked me what kind of music I wanted, and he had a, a little a coffee table just stacked, you know, a foot deep in cassettes all the way around, and he just asked what kind of music I liked, and he had it, put it in there, and I swear I was watching from three feet up, watching him pull somebody else's teeth. I did not feel a thing. Glenn, when I was uh, six six years old, I had my tonsils taken out, 
and my doctor sang cowboy songs while I was under. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that today, man. Oh, man. But no, I've been very lucky and have not <laughs> needed very much in the way of painkillers in my life. But uh, I will never I, forget that one. I remember when I had my wisdom teeth out. Uh, the the bottom ones were taken out in, what was it, 75, and it was just straight Novocaine. Okay. Ow! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they gave me something, the pain and whatever, you know, and I took it and I fell asleep on a couch in, in the lounge of <clears throat> <laughs> the barracks and somebody woke me up at 2 o'clock and said, you been to the club? I go, uh, no. And, of course, I had a pillow. Uh, from my bed that I was l laying on watching TV and all this blood and stuff was all over the... <laughs> uh, I said yep. to myself, well, it's going to... Hey, they took the bottom and he says, well, you can come back and we'll do the top. And I go, no, I don't think so. Um, I waited. But they were all impacted and, you know, I just didn't want to deal with it. That was me. It's like you're going to get all four at one time or you're not getting any of them. Well, I thought about a lawsuit against the U.S. government, man. Because when I was in the uh -oh. Air Force, they took three out and they left one. And when I got out, I had to face the uh, the, the, the fear of getting another tooth took out. And if they'd yeah. taken them out while I was in there, I'd already had it done with. But no, i got to go through it again, man. Now, I will tell you, the oral surgeon I got that did mine... Uh, I will tell you to this day, I did not feel one bit of pain other than what felt like a tight stitch on one tooth. Not one bit of pain beyond that. But I can I can say he really knew his pharmacology. Just literally, you know, everything he ended up giving me, I come to find out that it was, you know, a Schedule One drug a little while back. You know, $50 a pill street value kind of thing back in 1980s. Yeah, Clint knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're muted, Clint. Clint, muted. Clint, you need my to wife, unmute. My wife just walked by and said, I thought you were listening to Tom. I go, yeah, I am. It's Tom's Medical Center. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, we, no, we need to, to do this hey, on 40 hey, meters. We, on Hangout after show, we also, also used to get on here and talk about colonoscopies, but now we're talking no, about... No, 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 no. We'll, we'll skip on that No, we're skipping that. We're, we we moved on to different things now, you know? Oh, but, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Hey, uh, guys, come on. We need some more... We need some more... Participate, precipitation. We need some uh, yeah. more precipitation. Let me get the words right. Well, here. we need that too, but yeah, we need more so people. So call in, man. Click that link right there and call in and join us here, and we'll have some fun tonight, man. Yeah. yeah. So Tom we didn't need get you. any gas, did he, guys? We need you. Like and while I'm at it, under. while I'm at it, in case you tuned in late, let me explain here again what we're doing. Let me let me put a plug in for this thing. I tell you, this is a neat antenna analyzer. And we're going to be webcasting for you guys the Huntsville Hamfest in about a month. And if you watch our webcast, you know, we don't take anything. We don't sell anything. Uh, we stream the whole time. We work the whole time. A lot of times we don't even have time for lunch. Anyway, so we've got, we've got right now, if you look, check our prize page, I think i got about 30 prizes listed, some very nice ones listed there that, that are free to our viewers. You're going to get a prize if you win it. But I'm setting aside one prize to try to help cover some expenses. Even though Huntsville is relatively close, 
it's going to cost us about $1,500 to webcast it. And we're going to give away a CAA 500 Mark II uh, antenna analyzer. You probably can't see it very well there, but this goes up to 500 megahertz. Uh, it's got a, um, you know, got all the readouts here on the, uh, the what, what do you call this readout, Glenn? This is not a LED. It's OL. It's a, it's, organic it's, LED? Yeah, OLED? I, I, I guess it's it's colored, you know, it's got a color screen. Let's see it. Hold, hold it up again. Let me see it. Oh, that's a uh, TFT, a thin film transistor display. Okay. All right. That's what it is. It's got that, and it'll, it'll do your graph. It'll do a sweep across the frequencies. And you also have the meter up here, the cross meter, uh, cross needle meter right here, and they go up to 500 megs. Nice heavy construction. This thing feels heavier than a brick. Nice yeah. uh, metal construction there. You'll love this thing. And uh, uh, on our on our uh, price page, if you go to w5kub.com price page and click on it, this will be up at the top. And we're setting aside this one prize to be drawn special for just our supporters. In other words, a $5 uh, donation will get one ticket in a hat. $10 gets you two tickets in a hat. $15 gets you three tickets in a hat. And get this, if you put $1,000 donation in, you'll get $200. I'll I tell you what, I'll give you an extra ticket. But $1,000 will get you 200 tickets plus a couple extra there. I'll, I'll throw those in. So, um, And we're going to draw the name on uh, a Sunday, the 21st, I think that's the Sunday, July, uh, August 21st, uh, about noontime. You do not have to be present to win. You do not have to claim it in, in the handbot in the chat room. We're just going to draw the name and we're going to issue it to you. Uh, I, I think right now we, we need to hold this to U.S. addresses only. If you're international, but if you ha happen to have a U.S. address, you can still enter if you want to. But uh, we really would appreciate it. Any of you guys want to help us with this webcast, we'd really like, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And this is, a, this is a very nice piece of test equipment. This will last you for years, and it'll do just about everything you uh, need to do with the antennas. So, Tom, is it a PayPal link on the site, or what are we looking for when we go to w5kup.com? Yeah, if you, if you, it's just uh, on the price page. If you go to the price page, um, you scroll down, and it lists, it, it describes this, uh, this special, uh, this special price. And there's a link on there that you can click on to, to donate. Uh, or, or you can go to the donate button. Just up in the top of the w5kup.com, there's a donate button uh, that you can click on. Uh, but just go to the price page, read about this, read about it, and then here's a link that says click here to donate, and uh, uh, that'd be great. And, hey, you don't have to be a ham, but if you are a ham, uh, in the comments, put your call letters. Uh, we'll find you if you don't put your call letters there. But uh, and, and, guys, look, if you don't have the money, you don't, don't feel obligated to, to, to d donate. We're not hurting. We're going to go to Huntsville regardless and put this show on for you guys. And, uh, you know, so, you know, if you, if you, if you don't have the money, just don't, don't, don't go for it. Uh, you might even that win a free, in. you might even win a free prize. Let me see if I can pull a prize page here. Uh, let me, let me see what some of the prizes are. I've got them. I'm starting to list them. Rodan? Uh, that's, see. that's Rodan on the table. That's Godzilla you saw coming in. Oh, okay. Got I told you. you. <laughs> you got, you got to call them up on the table. All right. Let's see. <laughs> 
Well, Tom, I got gentlemen. I got to bow out. Thank okay. you, Tom. Uh, oh, two legends go. tonight, gentlemen. Two Thanks, legends man. tonight on the show. Uh, much appreciated. I'll chat at you later. K six LCS. All right, all right, Clint. We'll see, man. We'll see. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. All right, I'm going to pull up the prize page and let you guys just see what we've got so far. We're adding every day. We're adding prizes to it. So, well, let's see. I'm going to go to, like, that's, um, I need to go to, let's go to W5KUB, W5KUB.com. And it should come up. It's just going to come up like that. That's our that's our uh, that's our web page. Of course, people have probably seen it. And uh, up at the top menu, you'll see in the top menu, there's a link that says prizes. Just click on prizes. And uh, it's going to give you, let's see if I can make this look a little better here. i got a pop-up on there to just let everybody know about the prize. Uh, let me... Uh, let me try to adjust this a little bit here, so you can see it better. Okay, that should get it right here. All right, so if you click on prizes, uh, I've, I've got some rules here. Basically, it says you know uh, we're going to be giving away prizes, and you know you can't argue with Hambot. If Hambot says the time's up, and you didn't win it, you didn't win it, you know, and so forth. Uh, tells you if you win a prize, kind of what you need to do to get us your information. But then the very first thing there talks about this this antenna analyzer, the the Comet CA500 Mark II. The special prize here is going to be for people that want to support this webcast. And as you can see down the bottom right, right there, there's a link. It just says uh, click here to donate. So uh, that'll take you to the donate uh, uh, page to PayPal. And you can use credit card or you can use PayPal. All right, let's go up and look at some of the prizes. We got some good prizes. Ballon Designs, a hundred buck gift certificate. Most of their ballons are around a hundred dollars. He makes the best ballons in the country. Even the U.S. military buys their ballons from from uh, from uh, Robert uh, Rumsey here. Uh, they are uh, they are high power. I think they're rated at three thousand watts. Uh, Bob has told us if one ever burns out, just send it back to him and you'll get another one. So. We've got balance. We've got uh, uh, spectrum analyzers here. RL uh, spectrum analyzers. SDR play. We've got an SDR uh, play receiver. Uh, signal link uh, USB. We've got uh, a number of CQ magazine subscriptions that we're giving away. Uh, Gigaparts is going to be offering some prizes. I haven't listed those yet. ARL also offers some prizes. DV Mega's got a, a good product out now. It's called the Globe Charter. Uh, we'll be giving out a Globe Charter. My understanding is this will get you on any uh, digital thing like DMR or DSTAR, I think, whatever. So that's called the that's called the uh, Globe Charter. That's, uh, that's valued at 150 euros, you know, whatever that is in in dollars. Actually, the euro is it's a penny. $150 because it's one to one now. Oh, is it one no, to one? No, it's, it's okay. still a one, penny one off, one. so it's, you know, like 150.01. Okay. We got some, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got some ham radio deluxe software. This does everything from digital to uh, remote station control. We got several uh, ham radio deluxe software. Uh, as you heard Bob tonight, uh, Heil Sound will be donating some prizes that we will put on here. Last year for a fundraiser, we did that Heil. 
microphone, uh, the classic, uh, what's the style of the Miami buildings? That, the, was, that was the old Finn style. The Finn style, yeah. That was, yeah. But it had was, a different name. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, but this year we'll have some more prizes from Heil right there. MFJ, we've got uh, things like uh, 24 hour dual clocks, we've got antenna switches, we've got dummy loads. We've got ear, earphones, we've got uh, uh, watt meters, SWR meters, uh, code practice oscillators. Uh, gifts for hams will be donating some uh, gifts uh, like the uh, desk plaques and so forth. Gold metal, we always do some hats with gold metal. Uh, Cantronics, uh, uh, Arland Communications, they make a radio sport headset. You probably have seen it advertised uh, in uh, in the ham magazines. It's uh, called, I think it's I think that they'll probably give another one this year. It's called the R20S, I think. Uh, let's see. And then uh, LDG has got a, um, a audio. This is a um, this is a, a I forget. The, we're gonna have to look this up. It's an audio this, filter, analog audio filter. Analog um, audio filter. The yeah, AF AAF five. Yeah. Okay, that's they're giving away that. Plus, we've got more and more and more coming. Uh, we've listed on here if they're U.S. only or if they're worldwide. Uh, right here by the price, you'll see this says worldwide. All these are worldwide, 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 uh, worldwide. So uh, U.S. only. So you know, there's uh, out of probably 30 prizes here, we, we may have four of them that are U.S. only. So uh, it, there's going to be a lot of prizes here for for our international viewers out there. So. The, the prize page is starting to be built. Uh, take a look at it, and uh, we'll, we need to continue working on it and putting links on there uh, for these products, but uh, you'll get to see. And, and when a person wins it at uh, Huntsville, we'll put the winner's name uh, by the prize here so uh, you guys can see uh, who, uh, who won the prize. Uh, let me check and see what's in here. Let's see. Okay. Uh, Huh. Wow. Okay. Chris, Chris said only Tom is on video. I'm not sure what that means. That uh, just means uh, at that time. Hey, we got. Let's see. We got Bill still in here. Boy, nobody. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Zoom link in again and see if anybody wants to join us here. There's the Zoom link. Uh, you better come on in here. Hey, my mouth is. Man, it almost feels like it's back. I might even be able to eat something in a few minutes. Oh, I thought during the show I was gonna have to be slapping it, you know, and you know, yeah, I, you know, I, I scratching it, but it didn't do any good. You know, it was kind of tingling. I'd scratch it, and but oh, I, I know, I hate that. I couldn't feel it, man. I couldn't feel it, and it, that's a terrible feeling. But oh, I'm starting to feel good now. Yeah, I actually got lucky this week. I had a eye doctor appointment on Friday, and then a regular doctor appointment yesterday and both of them said get out of here you're good well that's good man that's good so that was and actually is very surprising considering the year i've had so yeah that was quite happy they actually cut my meds back a little bit well, that's good so yeah save a little bit of money anyway well let's see somebody join us M49 JWP. Let's see who that is. Just wondering. 
who that might be. M49 GWP. Hello, M49 GWP. How you doing? Hey, Tom. It's yeah. Hey, hey, Jeff. What's happening? Man, you surprised me, guys. <laughs> this is this is past. Hey, let me see. Let me see if uh, let me see if Bill there WZ1L knows who this is. What's what's happening, Tom? What's happening, man? So, oh, Bill, Bill, do you know who that is? is? Well, hey, 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 Jeff. Nice to see you again, man. Yeah, man. Good, good to see you guys. I hate I what? missed you last week, Tom. Well, we, we, we guys, missed you I was last over week when they were up there in yeah. uh, Tuckasegee, you know. I was in I was in Tuckasegee all last week, but our uh, uh, our, our schedules didn't didn't uh, uh, match up with with uh, uh, Jeff there. Jeff is Pastor Jeff, and uh, he's also a ham radio operator. He lives just right over the mountain hey, from Tom. our house. And uh, uh, my my what was that? My um. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We've already I'm said we've already exchanged plays playing yeah. over and over again. Oh, hey, hey, hey Jeff. Jeff, you you need to mute the video screen on the show. Just uh, hit the speaker and oh, mute oh, it, oh. turn it off. Yeah, mute the YouTube video. He won't see. Then it give for, it about twenty yeah, seconds. He won't see it for twenty seconds. We'll get him. We'll get him working here. Yeah. Okay. Try that. I, yeah. What's with this M forty nine call, Jeff? Well, he's undercover. Well, that's part of it. I'm actually working tonight, and I am using my work computer. Oh. <laughs> so uh, that's a, we we that's can't say piece. much then about this. I, I, yeah. I, we'll we'll keep you incognito, I, but Jeff. Yeah, I, Jeff Jeff lives just right over the mountain there from us, and you know, a few years back, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I don't know, we gave a prize away at the Dayton Hamvention, and this Ooh. guy wins this prize. He wins the prize from us, <laughs> and he says he he lives in Tuckasegee, North Carolina, and we say, what? We live in Tuckasegee, North Carolina, and we found out he lives, he probably don't live more than a thousand yards from us over a mountain, man. <laughs> Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of cool. I hate I missed you last week, man. I I had to work some and just got covered up. So it was something every evening. So anyway, that's no what problem, happened last man. week. No problem. I'll, we'll, I'll we'll, get you. I'll get you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Hey, I'd like to uh, hang on a second. Had a cough going on. I caught that from Glenn in Dayton last a couple months. Yeah, right. Hey, Except uh, you had it before me. He he got so, it from me, but he had it before me. So, uh, uh, yeah, hey, hey, uh, uh, Jeff, man, I, I'd love to do another cookout up there at our house if we can get all the hands yeah. together again like we did last time, you know? Yeah, that was fun. I'll try to – they – I don't know. Our group has been doing the meetings still on the radio – yeah, I'll have to find out the yeah. status of the whole group, but I'm sure they'll be ready by the time you come back next time, maybe to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, well, I'd love well, to do it. Maybe we could, well, maybe we could do some kind of ham radio uh, project, you know, out in the yard or something uh, at the yeah. cookout. That'd yeah, we kind, could make. I'd cool. like to make one of those antennas like you got up in that tree. 
right there in front of your house. One that goes uh, straight up in the tree that does, yeah. I think it does all band. Or, well, it's just a piece of wire, and of course, with an auto antenna tuner, it'll tune any band. Uh, you know, wow. I'm starting to consider. I'm thinking about just an in-fed, an in-fed random wire, and uh, with a ballon, and uh, um, it, that takes a nine-to-one ballon. And uh, I built one of those a while back. That, that wouldn't, that doesn't even require an antenna tuner. Uh, I mean, an external one. Uh, there's a lot of people using in-fed random and an in-fed half-wavelength. And uh, uh, let's see, if you use a, a half-wavelength, it needs to be a 49 to 1 ratio. And if you do a, uh, if you do a, rand a random link, it needs to be a 9 to 1. And uh, so... Here's one that, here's a, I think this is a, a, a 49 to 1 that I built this this year. I just put it in a box. Real easy to build. Coax goes in. Hang it up. Hang, let's see. Yeah, hang it up right here. And then just one wire comes off here and goes out. And uh, this matches hmm. impedance close enough that you don't have to have a remote antenna tuner. And usually the, the little tuner in your radio will will take care of this. But uh, yeah, that'd be great. But you know, if I did if I did something like this, I need to test this out in the backyard. If I did something like this, I wouldn't have to bring that antenna tuner and power it up and all that kind of stuff, you know. So uh, yeah. I, I might try Let's something like out. this next time I come over there. Hey hey Jeff, did you see I said Kathy's still in North Carolina. She's heading back tomorrow. Uh, I sent her a, a video yesterday. Uh, there was a pilot that landed uh, an, air, an airplane right on a highway. It was 30 miles, 30 miles from Tuckasegee. Have you heard about that? Yeah, he was down in Swain County, down in Bryston City there. Yeah. And uh, it was up on the, the little interstate that runs by Bryston City there. It's um, <laughs> by Bryson and Cherokee. It's Highway 74, you know, that comes off. 40 anyway he was uh had to make an emergency landing and i think they actually fixed the plane and the sheriff's office put a video up where he took back off on the on the road there well and i got think going i again. think so. I, I read where they fixed it and i thought it said that he took back off uh, yeah i, I think yeah. i saw a picture of the police cars had the highway blocked and he took back off but I also saw the airplane on a flatbed truck, so I don't know what was going on there. But it's a cool video, oh. guys. Uh, if anybody wants a link, I'll send you a video. He uh, got a video out the front window of his airplane. He's over the Smoky Mountains. All it is down there is trees. And he's flying this thing. His engine's cutting out. And um, he thinks, where am I going to set this thing down? And he sees a river there. And he says, well, he tells his dad there, he says, we're going to go down in the river. I'm so sorry, Dad. But... We're going to go down in the river, and in the next uh, just in the next few seconds, you know, with the way the mountains are, uh, the next few seconds he saw a little opening between the mountains, and there was a highway there. The highway popped after he had already planned on setting it down in the river. The highway popped up, and uh, it's a cool video. There's cars going down the highway, and he just coming in right slowly, right behind them, and just almost right on top of them, and. He uh, he kind of just kind of gets in front of one of them and just sets it right down. But the thing about it is, 
those roads have a lot of curves over there in the mountains, and uh, uh-huh. it, it had a major—it was a major curve. And where he set it down, boy, you could hear the—you could hear his brakes or whatever the, the wheels, man, because <laughs> he was trying to—he was trying to make the curve, man. He was trying to make that curve. I was amazed at how many views he had. It had over three hundred thousand yeah. views uh, before you posted it, so yeah, probably five hundred now. Yeah, those wheels were our brakes were screeching, man. When the, er, er, he kept adjusting and, and he was getting more and more over toward the left there, and there was some traffic coming. And uh, but uh, he 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 made it safe, man. That was a that was a cool video. It really was, and it was amazing that you know all those cars once they saw him, everybody just started stopping and pulling over to the side and let let him have the road. It was. That's usually a pretty busy road, too. Well, you know, the cars, really busy that yeah, day. the cars he set down in front of, he must have, I bet you he wasn't more than 15 feet in front of him when he when he actually set it down. Yeah. He was close, man. He was on the, he was on the top of those cars, and uh, uh, I can just imagine yeah. what those people thought. I can imagine being in that car and, car and seeing that seeing that plane come right over. See that, see that plane car, come over and almost land on their hood, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you got to do a search. I hate I missed the uh, earlier part of the show. You had Bob Heil on yeah, the yeah, night, Bob was on. Did, did Yes, you, we uh, did. He was real good. Well, you'll have to watch the rerun. You can watch it tomorrow. I will. Yeah, yeah I always watch him. Yeah, <laughs> I miss. Bob's a cool guy, and uh, he uh, he's uh, uh, been a big supporter of our all of our stuff that we've done for for many years. All right, yeah. guys, we are getting close to the end of our show. Man, Jeff, I'm so glad you... you I'm you, glad he checked in. I, I was wondering first, about man. him. I was about fixing to send him an email and saying, where you at? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff, you <laughs> call... K- what, hey, give me your call. I keep forgetting. We haven't talked in a long time. K-E-4... Uh, mine's K-M-4... QBC. Yeah, QBC. I, I can remember that. The QBC is kind of like the QVC channel on TV, you know? I kind of get those yeah, mixed up. Yeah. yeah. KM4 QB, QBV. Very good. And and uh, Jeff's got a... Uh, you still got that Tentec radio? Yeah, I got that Tentec Jupiter, and it's got the microphone that came with the radio, and yeah. it, it does the trick for me, man. I've talked everywhere on that thing. Well, that's good. good. We, uh, happy you know, I, I went over one time, and Jeff and I built uh, some antennas and put them up for him, and we we uh, we put a, a Delta Loop up out there. Did you get that Delta Loop back up? I know it fell. No, I didn't get the Delta Loop up, but I put the, you know, last time you were here, before this past time, we built the uh, 40-meter dipole, well, and 80. I put it, I, I put it up, I but see. it broke. I got to get it put back up again. Just the, just the rope that I had okay. on one side broke, so okay. I got to get it put back up. Well, all right, man. We'll get that up, and you, you got a hex beam, I think. Are you, yeah, I talk on the twenty and, the and lower uh, with the with the hex beam. It does great. Yeah, you know that radio, that Tentec. Uh, you said Jupiter was the name of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I when I went over there to help him get get his antenna stuff set up, guys, I never operated at Tentec Jupiter, <laughs> and I didn't know how to work. We had to get the book out uh, because. It's 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 uh, different knobs are multifunction, I, and I looked at that thing and I said, "Where's the volume control on here?" Or, you know, "Where's this <laughs> control?" It, it wasn't on there, so you had to kind of go through a menu to bring up uh, different, you know, different controls. So, but we yeah, I, fig- it. We, I figured out about yeah. uh, three quarters of it probably. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, 
I've got radios here. I don't know how. I don't use half the stuff in them. You know, use. Well, you uh, figured out that seventy three hundred yet? All them little well, buttons know, on that. I, I don't use them much. I got a seventy six ten sitting beside it that I use mostly, and and again, right. I don't use it, but. I don't hardly ever touch any of the knobs on it. Just maybe change the frequency, and that's that's it, you know. When you go to Huntsville, you need to find me one of them seven three hundreds and well, stick it in the back of your truck. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you talked about coming to Huntsville. Now, uh, is your church still have their uh, uh, anniversary the thing uh, during the Huntsville week? Yeah, I'll have to check and see if I'm on call on that Saturday. I'll make, if I'm not on call. On Saturday, I could probably come down for Friday and Saturday, but I'd have to come home Saturday evening. Yeah. But we do have homecoming on that on that weekend. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I I don't want you to have to change your homecoming there, and I doubt that. Uh, I've always wanted to go to that. I've always wanted to go to that uh, ham fest. How, I think that's far, one to go uh, to. How uh, I know I know Kathy drove uh, one time. She drove from Takasiji to. Huntsville and met me, but I don't remember. Is I don't think it's, but maybe maybe four or five hours. I don't. Yeah. It's not that bad. Four hours, yeah. Well, I'll find out here real quick. I think, and she drove it in the rain that day too. That probably wasn't a great, great, uh, a great trip. Well, hey, let me make a quick announcement. Hey, everybody, uh, we're almost uh, out of time here on our shortwave broadcast from WBCQ. This show is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's about ham radio. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tell us where in the world you are and how you're hearing the show. And we'll see you guys next week. Uh, Save me three to everybody. Hey, Jeff, I want I want you to um, do some more music recording there, up there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sure the little one there is keeping Brady busy, but I mean, you know. <clears throat> Call them over there on the porch and uh, do a little bit of uh, recording, eh? Yeah, if we can get that uh, cookout together, I'll try to get Brady to come over and uh, maybe Bo and um, maybe a few more. We'll see how it works out. But I'll try to at least get Brady over there, and we can uh, try to do a couple of new songs for you guys. All right, well, guys, the show is over, but don't go away because we're going to have the dead possums on here in just a minute. (laughs) Now, we got the dead possums. Our show, our show is officially over. Sorry you didn't make it to shortwave, Jeff, but uh, we uh, we right now are going to hear from the dead possums here. And uh, let's see if I can, oh, what's wrong with this thing? It's about a four-hour and 48-minute drive, by the way, according to Google Maps. All right, what is going on? Okay, thanks. Uh, let's see. It's on your favorites there, Tom. I know you listen to it every day. I do. I do listen to it every day. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, his playlist has go. one song in it. Here we go. Here we go. We've got a couple songs. I think we did two, 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 two. What is that? That's not good. Wait a minute. Why am I getting feedback? Why am I? Oh, wait a minute. Wrong one. Here we go. Here we go. Tom Medlin, W5KUB, and this is the Amateur Radio Roundtable, and today is July 24th, and we're coming to you from the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Uh, <coughs> welcome, everybody, and we're going to open a show with two of the three dead possums. 
Here we go, guys. <laughs> That's KM4QBV right there. I really enjoyed that that night. We could, we could stay out there all night, man. So, where's the Cumberland River at, Timmy? Uh, yes, it comes through Virginia and Tennessee, I believe. All right, all right. Well, I, I like that song. Let me see. We got another one here from. We got another one from the Dead Possums. <laughs> let, me, let me see. Let me hit the right button here. That didn't work. Let's see. Um. Let's see what this one is. You know, Jeff, that all the five people are watching this tonight. Hey, I'm happy. I'm happy. You got a square dance next time. Well, I don't know if I can do that, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll, we'll get your granddaughter. We'll get your granddaughter there. I know she can do it. I saw that video where she was dancing downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a good time there at the uh, fireworks, and uh, yeah, well. That was uh, <clears throat> that was pretty cool. I I think I can do that dance. What, what I don't know what it is. You left, you left, you left, and the right, the right, the right. You know, you just follow instructions, right? You know. Yeah. yeah I guess we we round and round. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I'm so glad you uh, you told us here. Um, yeah, I try to get in here a little bit more often. I usually work every Tuesdays. <clears throat> uh, we're on call on Tuesday nights, but anyway, yeah. I'll uh. I'll drop in when it's not too busy, but okay. I'm, I'm going to check you out here. Y'all take it easy. Hey, nice to see you. Come back anytime. <laughs> I'll, do it. I'll do it. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to close the after the show show. We had a good time tonight. We had uh, Bob Hyle with us. We had the uh, dead possums with us. We had a good time tonight. Seven three. Yeah. We'll uh we'll try to try to schedule something like this again for next week. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe see you this weekend, Tom. All right. Hey, give me a call, uh, Glenn, and uh, you know if I'm around, uh, I should be. We can get together. We can do that. You know. All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll see everybody. Good night, to everybody. <laughs>